Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Ozark Highlands Trail Association, Vendetti Optics, and you, our listeners. This trail winds along a scenic section of Cedar Creek. Oh, God. Scratch everything I just said. is up all of you wayward souls and welcome back to the wayward stories podcast wayward stories is the podcast where we tell the tales of our wanderings and our wonderings i am so glad to be back here tonight in the studio with all of you you have no idea you really don't this is the high point of my bi-weekly endeavors i truly sincerely love getting together with you guys every couple of weeks and telling stories whatever i can come up with to uh, hopefully keep you guys entertained and informed about some of the things out there that you guys yourselves can get out and do because honestly is there not like don't we all have enough crap to do all the time like, I mean, we go to work like, what, 40, 50 hours a week, most of us, and then you got to go to soccer games and PTA meetings, and, you know, life, you know, is full of adulting things that are not nearly so fun as we might like them to be. So at least every once in a while, we can get together and we can talk about the stuff that absolutely excites our souls, gets us out, gets us off the couch, and gets us out there living our lives. As it is said, get busy living or get busy dying. And I have news for you. We're all already busy dying. So let's try to get after a little bit more living. How have you guys been over the last couple of weeks? It's been pretty wild last couple of weeks. Coming back to work, I think for about everyone, it's pretty harsh coming out of the holidays, man. You you come like, it's like you get a little bit of a three pack, man. You got Thanksgiving and you roll around and you get a couple of weeks break. But you know, Christmas stuff really ramps up, especially for folks who are really into it. And the holiday stuff just really gets going, you know. 10, seven to 10 days before Christmas, you roll through Christmas, messes up your whole work schedule. Then you turn around, you do thanks or uh, new year's and it messes up your whole work schedule all over again. And you're having all these short weeks at work. And as we all know, employers are not like, Oh yes, take the day off. Enjoy your long weekend. I mean, but that's what they say. However, they don't just like bump everything back a day. When you come back to work, you just have, you know, two or three days worth of work to accomplish in a single day's time. The older I get, the less I enjoy having time off of work at the holidays because that extra work never just gets put off, does it? It just gets doubled up when you come back and that can create for some pretty chaotic crap. So anyway, I hope you guys are all reintegrating into normal life after the holiday season um, relatively smoothly. And if you did not, like mine was pretty choppy start, pretty rough couple of weeks we went through there, there. But you know, starting to smooth out now. Things are starting to get a little bit back to normal. And I hope such is the case for you. Um, what are we going to talk about? You know, we got a, we got a really cool episode tonight. We're going to talk about Petty Jean State Park. Um, and we're going to talk about it from a couple of different angles. And I'm really excited to get into this tonight. I've been sitting on this. This is one of those that I mentioned before that I've been sitting on for a couple of months because the true kind of inspiration behind it really hadn't hit. Um, so it was just simmering on the back burner, kind of coming to full flavor. And I think I've got it figured out how I want to talk about it here tonight. Um, before we do that, though, and give you some life updates here, I have now officially started both of my 
so-called internships, so to speak, my volunteer opportunities here that are going to function as internships for me. And I have finally officially gotten eyeball deep into both of them. And I am super excited about it. The, the, the visitor center here, the Miss Laura's that is located in a turn of the century brothel. Um, that one's super exciting. And that one is way more research based. And that one's really cool. Cause y'all we're really digging some stuff up. Okay. There were some questions. Many scholars over the last five to 10 years have brought into question, um, the narrative being told, you know, they were kind of like looking to step back and go, you know, we don't really feel like the life of the working gal, the working gal back in the late 19th, early 20th centuries was probably not quite the fairy tale this is being made out to be. And they have, you know, issued some scathing theses papers. There's been some theses written and defended over this. There have been, I think, at least one dissertation written and defended over this and a couple of books. And he has taken some heat. So the project that we're working on is trying to get the story right. Interestingly enough, you know, they cover their tracks pretty good when you're a working girl in those days, because that was not necessarily a incredibly well looked upon profession. Wasn't considered especially noble by any means. Um, and so like a whole lot of people had a low audit, whole lot of interest in keeping that stuff kind of under the table, so to speak, behind closed doors, perhaps is a better way to put it. Um, and so anyway, trying to dig into this, y'all, we're going down the genealogy road, trying to track people down. We're going through court records like this, this, this is Justin's wheelhouse. This is awesome. Anyway, that one is going super well. I'm super excited to be involved with that whole project. And I got started this weekend with the Fort Smith National Historic Site. And that one, y'all, that one, whew, that one, I am extremely excited you want to talk about a big win for me. I've mentioned it earlier, but you know, just kind of catching you guys up. We are officially into it now and I can't get enough of it. Absolutely cannot wait to get down there on my next free time and get further involved. This one, this one is going to really, really take me places for my career. That's a, that's a good instinct. Like, so anyway, I got to go down there, start getting my hands dirty, start learning some things from the people that are there and really getting into it. And just, let me tell you something. That is how big of a nerd I am. I'm down there on my weekend off spending all of the hours and I am just giddy with the whole situation for free. You know, I'm working for free. It's volunteer work, baby. Like, you know, sometimes you got to invest. I'm putting in a little bit of investment here. My capital investment is not in the form of funds, but in the form of, you know, free labor. So I'm willing to do that. Sometimes you got to invest in your future, right? But like, just to give you an idea of how big of a nerd I am. It's exciting that this is such a big opportunity for me, but what is more exciting is the fact that I'm finally gaining access to put my grubby little paws and actually gain access to the things that I thought were always going to be behind those closed cases for me throughout my life. So loved history, but it was all something I could only stare at from a distance. I could only research as far as the everyday Joe. And suddenly I'm sitting here going, wait a second, you know, you just started school, but simply the fact that you're in this program and you're reaching out to these places, you are already on the right track and people are already taking you in under their wing and saying, let's get busy. Y'all, the door is opening and I am beside myself. I am super excited. Anyway, 
Anyway, we'll stop with that. We will move on. We'll get into tonight's episode so I can keep you guys here. I don't want you running off. I definitely don't want you going and writing bad reviews. All this guy does is housekeeping. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, yeah, we only, we, we prefer good reviews. And if you have a criticism, by all means, send me an email at mywaywardstory at gmail.com. I would much rather work it out with you as adults in a platform where you don't scathingly destroy me in the open. So, you know, maybe other people just kind of pass us by, you know, give people a chance, give people a chance to find out for themselves. And if I am really terrible, you know what? By all means, that's fair. That's fair. If I'm really terrible, go write a bad review, but I prefer good ones. And I prefer to work out bad reviews. Mono e mono or mono e womano, whoever you are, just send me an email. We'll talk about it. Anyway, let's get on into tonight's show. So we're going to talk about Petty Jean State Park. What has brought this up? I've gone to Petty Jean several times throughout my life um, and a few times, you know, here in recent years. But one brought it up to be kind of like, you know, eventually it's one of those things. It was inevitable, right? We were going to have to get to it because it's an Arkansas State Park. I've been there. I do a lot of stuff. I cover a lot of Arkansas things right here in my home state. And, you know, it it needed to be done eventually. It was going to happen. But what is the impetus that brought this one to mind? Well, it's a pretty cool story. And I'm glad that I have the opportunity to tell it to you because hopefully, you know, I can use it as a teaching aid or maybe just a, you know, hey. Look, here's how I'm doing a thing. And uh, maybe you can find some usefulness in it in your own life. So anyway, the context behind it, and we do have to give it a little bit of context for the story to make sense. And why it's like this one was a big win for me as a daddy. Um, Everyone's children, all children that have to live through a divorce are going to like internalize that trauma in different ways. And they are all going to be traumatized. Do not kid yourself. Like my child is very intelligent and well-adjusted and they're going to be just fine. They might just, they might be just fine, but it's going to be trauma for them. No matter how you do it, it's always going to happen because that's a big dang deal. Speaking as a person that lived through it myself from both ends as a child and now as an adult. Um, but for my child, she and I were very, very, very close. Like, I mean, I raised this kid, right? I did my work after hours. Max wife went to work all day um, with the school system or whatever. And I did my work at night because I own my own business. Right. So like eight hours a day, nine, nine, nine and a half hours a day. You know, I was mom like my child and I have a very, very strong bond. And that kind of got torn asunder against our wills. Right. And it affected my child like extremely significantly. And the way that it manifests in her that I've discovered over these last five years is and it took a while to figure this out. But she didn't ever want to leave the house. Like, we get her on the weekend. I'd be like, let's go do a thing. Let's get out and have some fun. You know, she didn't want to do that. Okay. And it was frustrating. But, you know, I knew I understood as a person, a child that came from a broken family, I understood something was going on with her and I wasn't about to force her. So I tried to work around it and slowly introduce her to little things. And, you know, I managed to start making it by in the summers. I could get her to the water park. You know, you can always get a kid to the water park. But summers are only last, you know, they only last so long. You only get what? a quarter to five months out of the year, four to five months out of the year. And then you, what else are you going to do? She has a little friend. She likes to go see, but they live very busy lives. We don't get over there hardly at all anymore because they're so busy. So it's like, I have to get this child out of the house. So I tried to take her on adventures because you know me. You're thinking, yeah, Justin, why didn't you just take her on adventures? Well, I tried, y'all. I tried and she wasn't having it. It just wasn't for her. Made my little daddy heart sad for a long time because I was like, I really hope this child become somebody who loves the outdoors like I do, because I would love to go on adventures with her. Right. Um, and she just was not having it. 
And so I was just kind of sad about it and just kept hoping maybe the day would come. Because one thing, one of my hard and fast rules, and this is something I learned from my childhood, you know, I set a bunch of rules when I became a father. These are things I'm not going to do to my child. And one of those things was, you know, I'm not going to make her do stuff she don't want to do. Like, I hope she does this. I hope she does that. I hope she becomes whatever. I hope a lot of things, but I'm not going to make her do any of them. You know what I mean? I hope what I really hope more than my own hopes. My biggest hope is that, you know, she becomes whoever she's going to become you know, not influenced by, oh, I need to make daddy happy. I need to make mommy happy. I need to make whoever happy. No, no, no. You just need to make yourself happy, girl. And that's my biggest goal. But of course there are things I hope she gets into because I would just love to be a part of them. Right. And one of those is exploring. So anyway, that didn't happen for a long time. But anyway, come two months ago, roughly, I was reading to her one night and um, before she went to sleep, you know, we were reading together or whatever. And she kind of just out of nowhere, she goes, Daddy, have you ever seen Native American rock art? And I was like, well, yes, yes, I have. And she was like, really? You know, it's kind of like Scooby-Doo. And I was like, yeah, I have. And she's like, where at? And I was like, well, let's see. Arizona, New Mexico, California, hmm, Mississippi, Indiana. And I'm going down the list. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm right here in Arkansas. And she's like, here? Here, here in Arkansas? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And she goes, Will you take me to see it? Yeah, girl, I will. And for me, I was like, oh my, did the door just open? And so for the last two months or so, I've been taking this child on adventures, but it started with me taking her to Betty Jean State Park. And we're going to talk about the name in a minute. Betty Jean is how it's spoken colloquially, but it is not properly Petty Jean. Um... But it started with Petty Jean because at Petty Jean State Park, we have the Rock House Cave. And inside that cave is a collection of Native American rock art that dates to about 900 AD during the Mississippian period. Period. It's some really cool stuff, y'all. There's, there's rock art of fish, like paddlefish and possibly fish baskets, which they used to catch the paddlefish. And we got some figures of, of human looking or anthropomorphic figures that may be humans wearing headdresses, or maybe they revered them as gods. Who knows? We don't know. This little rock house cave up there on Pettyjean has got one of the biggest collections of, well, not biggest. Okay. It's got one of the most concentrated collections of Native American rock art in the state of Arkansas. And Arkansas has got quite a bit, but there's a big concentration up there on Pettyjean Mountain. Um, and that was the door, the inroad. So I'm going to tell you real quickly about my little adventure to take her there. And then the way we're going to break this episode up, I'm going to tell you about that adventure because it was kind of super awesome. Um, I thought it was going south at one point. You'll find out. But I'm going to tell you about that adventure before we go to break here in a little while. Um, And then after, I'm just going to kind of break down the park and use experiences I've had before, plus some information from the website to give you a good broad overview of the entire picture. Because Petty Jean State Park is a great place to get out and explore, a great place to take your family if you're here in the state of Arkansas. And honestly, it's a pretty darn good place to make um, a destination for you if you're somewhere in the region. If you're in Missouri, Tennessee, you know what? You could have a good long weekend driving up and hitting Petty Jean and spending the weekend there. There's more than enough trails. There's more than enough activities. There are more than enough things in a very beautiful setting to keep you and your family busy for several days quite honestly. But so I get 
this all put together. I'm going to take this child on an adventure because I've got an inroad, right? She wants to go on an adventure. So I went and I bought her a little backpack. I went and bought her. I got like this journal, this leather journal. Okay. This is part of the story is she, we watch these TV shows together and in two of them, there are journals involved in them where the, the main little characters, you know, they're animated cartoons or whatever, but the main characters have these journals that they're working with. Some of them they're writing in one of them. It was a found journal um, man, for you guys out there. If you've ever seen gravity falls on Disney plus, well, it's a kid's show, but it's like, honestly, one of my favorite shows in the whole world. Like I love it. I love it. I love watching it with her. But the main characters, they have this journal that they found and it kind of leads them on their adventures. And so this child has got this fantasy idea about these journals in her mind. And I was like, oh, ooh, this is cool. We can make this a lot of fun. So I get online and I find her a leather journal with aged, like weathered pages. You know, they're like kind of got that brown old look. They're kind of aged pages. And of course it's a reproduction. I mean, it's like 20 bucks on Amazon, whatever, but it's a super cool, super cool leather book. It's got like this piece of leather that you wrap it shut with. It's so cool. So I ordered that journal for her, right? Get it here and I show her and she's like, she was like, OMG, right? She was so excited about this journal. And I was like, now listen, we're going to go explore. We're going to go see this rock art. And now you've got a journal to record all of the cool stuff that we find when we go on an adventure like this. And she was like super psyched. So I got her a backpack, got her the journal, get her all this, you know, just a few little things, a few little things to kind of, oh, got her some hiking boots. She was super psyched to have her own little hiking boots, man. They're too darn cute. They're just ridiculous looking. Um, but we get her all set up to go on an adventure, right? And she is psyched about this. So weekend rolls around my weekend with her and I'm like, we're going on an adventure. She was psyched all week. She couldn't quit talking about it. Her, her mama kept, you know, telling me, she's like, this girl, you better take her on this. I was like, I, who said I wasn't going to like, we're going to do this. She's like, well, you better. Cause she's all about it. She keeps talking about it constantly. So I'm like super excited. Right. Well, we load up and it's raining, but that's okay. We're going to do it anyway. Right. I take the rain jackets. I bring all the things. And this turned into I think, you know, we honestly hit a point where I was like, oh gosh, I've either made a huge mistake and I've ruined this for the rest of my life, or she's going to feel like a badass adventurer when we're done. And I'm really hoping that we get badass adventurer because I want my daughter to grow up to be a badass, right? So we get out there, it's raining. Um, and we set out first because I wanted to try because it was like, on and off rain, it was light rain, a lot of sprinkles and stuff. It was reasonable. I mean, it was cold, but it wasn't cold. It wasn't like miserable cold. It was like in the, the low 50s. It was super foggy. It was actually quite beautiful. You guys know how I enjoy weather. It was quite beautiful up there in the mountains with the the fog, the steam rising off the mountains. You know, Arkansas, the Ozarks, and um, anywhere up in this area it can get very smoky mountain-esque, just like it does in Tennessee. Um, and so it was quite beautiful. But we get up there and she was kind of having misgivings, right? She said, oh, I want to get out in the rain. I was like, come on, girl, we can do this. And it started out as kind of a light rain that was sort of intermittent. I was like, okay, I know the Rock House Cave Trail is the simplest, fastest trail that we have here, right? So I'm like, I'm going to save that for last. I want her to see Cedar Falls. If I can get her down this mountain to Cedar Falls, she's going to be in love. Like, it's, it's awesome guys. Cedar falls on Petty Jean mountain. It's like 70 feet. I've seen some places that say it's like 90 feet, but I think the more legitimate is about 70 foot sheer, sheer drop fall. And when it's flowing, it's broad and it's big. Okay. Um, and it's amazing to watch. I've got some really cool pictures of it. 
Um, but I was like, I want to get her down there to this waterfall. So we're going to try this first. So we start going down and we're making our way, right? She's a little tentative. She's not real sure about what it is that she wants to do. She's kind of a little bit scared of everything right now for whatever reason, you know, she's worried about snakes. I'm like, no, it's too cold for snakes. They're all, they're all sleeping, man. They're all, they're all taking a nap. Don't worry about them. And then she's worried about bears and then she's worried about wolves. I'm like, no, 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 no. we're good. We're good, girl. We're good. So trying to get her down, it's super slick, lots of rocks. It is a moderate trail. Like we did it. We did it foot at a time. Some of the time, you know, I was real, real, real protective daddy bear. Cause I was like, gosh, there are some pretty, there's a place she get hurt, hurt pretty bad if she fell, you know, and it's wet. So we were one stepping in, holding her hand. I got her a hiking pole, you know, and we get down there and it just starts steady rain. I don't want to say it was a downpour cause it wasn't, but it became a much heavier steady rain that did not stop for the rest of like three days. So it got pretty miserable by the time we got to the bottom of that Valley, not real pleased with it. And I was just like, and she was ready to give up. She was getting over it. And I kept pushing her. I did push her a little bit because I was like, listen, girl, we have made the hardest part of this trip. It is all flat now. Like we're just walking along the creek bed now for just a little ways, just right up there. We can do this. And she's like, yeah, but I don't want to. And I'm like, okay, but just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And I did push her a little bit. I was like, come on, we're so far. You're going to really, really be happy if you do this. You're going to feel like you really accomplished something. You know what I mean? And I was ready to go ahead and give up and go back up. I was, I was prepared to, um, because I, like I said, I'm not going to push her to do anything she doesn't want to do. I was like, I'm going to be real timid with this. I'm going to be real careful and, um, push her just a little bit. We made it a little bit farther and then it really started pouring and here comes some hikers passing us and they come up and they're like, Hey, how are you guys? Oh, we're good. We're good. It's like, how's, how's the water flowing? Is it flowing at all? And they're like, yeah, it's not flowing even a little bit. And I was like, okay, that sucks, but it's also great because now I can let the child win. <laughs> we can turn around. And she was like, yeah, daddy, if it's not flowing, we don't need to go see it. And I'm like, I'm with you, girl. Um, it's fine. It's fine. There's no water flowing. We will turn around and go back. So we made it most of the way. We were soaking wet, head to toe. And we hike our way out. And like I said, if any of you have ever hiked Petty Jean, you know, it is a fairly steep down to Cedar Falls and back out. It's, it's steep. It very much is steep. It's a workout, you know, it's a moderate trail and there's some places that aren't so great, you know? Um, but we did, we got all the way down in almost to the waterfall, found out there was no water and she had, she was done at that point with that hike. Right. So I get her and we start to go back out. We get back out, we get to the top, we get in the car, you know, I brought extra clothes. I, I knew it was going to be raining as I made sure and brought extra clothes and all that good stuff. Get her in the car, get her into dry clothes, get the heater going. We sit there, we eat our lunch, you know, we brought lunch, we made turkey sandwiches and we ate like she ate puff corn and I had my Doritos and we sat there and enjoyed it. And I was like, so I was like, I know that got kind of stinky. I was like, but don't you feel like you really, really accomplished something? And she was like, I really do. She's like, that was actually really, really cool. And I was like, huge sigh of relief inside, right? I was like, oh, thank God. So anyway, I was having trouble talking her into going down to the whole reason we came, right? The rock art. I was like, well, girl, listen, this is a super short hike. I know it's still raining. I know you just got dry. But we drove all the way down here like two hours. And it's going to be like two hours home. It's most of our Saturday. We have got to go do it. I'm going to leave it up to you. I was like, if you really, really don't want to, I won't make you. We'll go home. No big deal. 
Okay, no harm, no foul. But I just want you to consider that we're already here and just think about it. It won't take us half an hour to hike down there and back. And then you're back in the warm car and you're dry again and we're on our way home and you've got to see what we came to see. So, you know, just make your decision wisely, but you get to choose. And she thought about it for a minute and then she kind of goes, let's go do it. And I was like, yeah, let's go do it. So we went over, we hiked down and it actually turned out to be really great. Yes, it was raining. Yes, we got wet again. But at this point, she'd kind of swapped gears. You know, she'd switched gears a little bit. You know, like when I was growing up, I was a boy, of course, but we were like, oh gosh, it's been raining for two days and it's muddy as hell outside. Let's go play football, right? Let's go get as dirty as possible. Let's go out there, see if we can't break a leg and add some blood to the mud, right? Like that's just how little boys think, I guess. But like, it excited me to hear her be like, find her little bit of, you know, stealing herself of like, you know what? I did that hike down to the waterfall and that was hard. This one's easy. It's just a little bit of rain. Let's do it. All right, let's go do it. So we went and we hiked down to the Rock House Cave and it's a really cool hike. It's a super short hike, but that day it was especially cool because the rain had become so steady that all the little crevices, they have what they call the turtle rocks, okay? And it's a geologic formation. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been, you need to go see. But what it is, it's like these protrusions in the rock. And it, you know, it has to do with the geology, the magma at the time of the creation of all this. But they kind of, it's like swells in this solid bedrock rock face. And the way that they've kind of cracked along the backs and then weathered, it literally looks like turtle shells. They just look like huge turtle shells humped into the landscape and they're big. Like you can climb up on top of them. They're as tall as your head is. Some of them are. So between all of these on this just solid bedrock face, there's all these channels that have been worn out over time by water flowing. And so all of these little channels were filled with water and there were these tiny, tiny little rushing creeks going down everywhere. And we had the turtle, you know, the turtle rocks. She had so much fun, y'all, checking out the backs of these turtle rocks and taking pictures. She was cheesing. Y'all, she was cheesing with these pictures and just finally just gave up, started jumping around in the water. Her waterproof boots gave out long ago, right? And she's like, heck with it. Let's have some fun. And we get through the turtle rocks and we get down to the end and we hike into the cave. You know, it's a super short, like a quarter of a mile hike, if even that. Take you like five minutes, especially when it's dry. You can just bang right down there, right? But we get down there and we get in the cave and we got our headlamps on. And started shining them all over the roof. And she started seeing with those little eyes of hers, real, true, genuine, Native American, indigenous rock art with her own eyes. Something that for whatever reason, I believe it was something that came up in class. I think I like her second grade teacher because this child is exposed to a lot of things that I am extremely happy that she is exposed to at this age. Um, but for her to have had this kind of like mystical idea, think about this. You you guys remember being a kid, right? You know, those little worlds we build in our head and in our imaginations can run wild. And for whatever reason, the rock art had just been like, she was just like, wow, I want to see that. You know, it enthralled her for some reason. And to be able to walk her into that cave, hand her a flashlight and say, turn this on and just start looking at the ceiling. And she starts looking around and all of a sudden there's a fish staring back at her and something that looks like a snake and something that looks like a, like a human with a deer head on top of it. Like she was so, so excited. I mean, listening to her voice, right? You've ever heard your kid see something and just ooh and ah with wonder, right? That was like 
That is a moment I will never forget. And I certainly hope it's one that she never forgets because I was like, I, I won one daddy, daddy scored. Daddy did a good thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, bam, makes you happy when you do something and you know, you got it right for a change. You know what I mean? Most of us are stumbling through parenthood, performing foibles and follies, right? We're just trying to get it right and do it the best we can. And when you pull one off that hits home and you're like, yes, thank God I didn't screw this one up, right? She had a great time. She was so excited. We got all these cool pictures and it gets better too because we took all the pictures, right? And I let her take a bunch of the pictures. I just give her my camera, right? I'm like, listen, just please don't drop this, (laughs) please go to town, girl. And she went and took all these pictures. We got to bring them home. You know, we hiked out. We got in the car. She was super excited that she had got to see what she came to see. She was super excited that she overcame her adventure. But then we got to edit the pictures and make them real visible and email them to her second grade teacher so she could go into school and show all of her classmates the adventures she went on over the weekend. And she got to explain about the Mississippian era Indians and when they were created around 900 AD. She got to tell them everything I could teach her about them and show them and explain. This looks like it's supposed to, we think it's a fish. We think this, she was just, it was a, it was a moment for this child. And it was so awesome because like I said, there was a moment in the middle of that, where we were down at the bottom of that damn hill on our way to Cedar Creek. And I knew that when we go out, whether that Creek's flowing or not, when we go out, this child is already quite unhappy with me over being soaking wet, somewhat cold and feeling scared of everything around her for whatever reason. I could have just lost her for good. I may have made a big mistake by pressing on with this rain. I was kicking myself in the butt, y'all. And I mean, I was really, really kicking myself in the butt hard. I was like, you screwed up, dude. You made a mistake. But on the way out, we get back in the car and she's settled in and she's nice and warm again. And she's writing in her journal, by the way. She wrote like four or five pages in there. She drew all the things we saw. She drew the the rock art. She drew all these old buildings I kept pointing out to her that are up there on the mountain. By the time we got out of there, like she had this whole thing constructed. She was ready to go tell the world. And in her mind, she had literally just accomplished a thing. She had just become an adventurer. She went down a mountain in a rainstorm. She came back out that same mountain, huffing and wheezing and panting in a rainstorm. And then she still pressed on and found the ultimate goal of what she was after to see Native American rock art with her own eyes. And that, y'all, was the beginning. Hopefully of a never-ending string of adventures, which we will talk about in future episodes. We've taken several since then, and we will continue to take them anywhere I can find to take them. Um, We'll see how that goes. But anyway, that's how we come to be, come to pass, that we're going to talk about Petty Jean tonight. We have hit our commercial break, so now you know the context. You know why we're going to talk about Petty Jean, what brought it to mind at least. Um, you got a really cool story. Yeah, I hope that you enjoyed that story and I hope it gave you some ideas about your kids, man. Like it's a thing. This is this thing I learned because I tried to take her out before and she wasn't having it. Maybe she just wasn't ready yet. And you know what? I realized I went down that rabbit hole and I never finished. I never came back around full circle. I was saying, you know, divorce trauma presents different in everyone. What it came to pass to be that finally we figured out when she was with me on our weekend, she didn't want to leave the house because you know that whole old saying, time flies when you're having fun, right? Well, to her, what she was equating us going out of this house to do things with was our time passed faster. Like 
it turns out that our time together is not just precious to me. It is also precious to her. And us leaving made the time pass faster in her mind. And that's not what she wanted. She just wanted to sit here and play games and, and watch TV together and read together. And just, she just, that was why she never wanted to leave the house. That's what it came to understand. And that's kind of, I wanted to point that out because, you know, keep an eye out, man. Just watch your kids. If you've had to go through a divorce for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Just keep your eyes on them. You will see the signs of what it is and how they're internalizing things. And it'll give you an idea possibly of how to maybe help them deal with it better. I think that's a good way to put it. But we finally reached this point that the door opened because something struck her attention. And I was able to say, I know where we can go do that. And we have now started, hopefully, making a new tradition. And it's super exciting because now she feels like a little adventurer, which she is. And she's super excited to go and learn about all of these things out there in the world. So if you will keep your eyes open, like I said, couldn't get her out of the house forever. Because when I tried to take her, she just wasn't about just taking a hike, which is fine. Because you know what? I'll be honest with you guys. This is a story about getting outdoors, right? But I'm not just necessarily about just taking a hike. Yeah, I like being outside, but I need a reason to be there. What drives me is experience, exploring. Why is it everything I talk to you guys about is some abandoned town, some abandoned mine, some abandoned tuberculosis asylum in New Mexico? Why is it always somewhere with a feature that is really interesting? Because what I'm interested in, yes, I love being outside, but what I'm interested in is not so much hiking down an established trail that everyone hikes that goes nowhere. I want to go see things. I want to go find history. I want to go find evidence of anything out there. You go because you want to explore. And that's what she wanted was to explore. And just hiking around a trail wasn't necessarily her bag. But when it came to the fact that if I go hiking, I can go and see things that I couldn't otherwise see. That's what caught her attention. So I tell you all this story just to bring to mind it. Look, if you want to get your kids outside, maybe they're not going to be into exactly what you are, but maybe you can find something that is interesting to them out there. Or maybe it's just the angle. Like, I didn't realize she just wanted to do the kind of stuff Daddy did. I just was trying to get her outside to break her into it, right? Let's just go hike this little trail. Let's go hike this little trail. What that wasn't doing it for. I just didn't realize what she wanted was to do what I'm already doing. Let's go see some freaking awesome stuff. And so anyway, tell you the whole story just to give you an idea, man. Think about it. Think about how ways to engage your children. Meet them on their terms. Because I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't take a perfect parent to be a good parent. What it takes to be a good parent is to be an engaged parent. Be a part of their dang lives. Do stuff with them. That's what's important. That's what I'm learning, at least. Anyway, we have rolled on past the commercial break now. So let's get on to our commercial break. When we come back, we will talk about all of the trails. We will describe them. I'll tell you the story of Petty Jean Mountain. Well, a couple of the different ways it may have been named. There's a very romantic legend associated with it. Um, and we'll just kind of just lay it out for you guys. We'll give you guys a little bit of an abstract of what it's like to go visit Petty Jean Mountain, but we'll do that after the break. What is up? All of you wayward souls. I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics, a brand based right here in the good old US of A, Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu 
an order fulfillment snafu. And I got on the phone, gave him a call. And guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves right there in Portland from the top of the chain, have a great conversation. And we end up starting this great relationship. We have They more than made right, the little snafu that occurred. And I am now a huge proponent of them because I can tell you from personal experience, they are good people. And they're trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about $40, but using the exact same frame material, TR90, and the same polarization process as the big guys. As it turns out, something I think we are already probably knew in our hearts, when you buy big name sunglasses, you're buying a big name, not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else, like at Ben Daddy Optics. They have 29 different styles. They have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in. And they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses, it doesn't matter how you break them, send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden. You got a new pair on the way. These guys are truly trying to do it right. And they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them. And I think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that. So if you guys, like me, are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses, check out BendettiOptics.com. That's B-E-N-D-E-T-T-I, Optics.com. Or you can go over to Instagram slash Optics. And that I highly suggest, whether you buy a pair or not, just to check out the cutest pupper you'll ever see modeling sunglasses. Once again, that's BendettiOptics.com. And make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around through the commercial break. Um, well, let's get right back into it. First and foremost, what, you know, Petty Jean State Park. It is an Arkansas state park. Let's just give you kind of the broad overview. Um, it rises it's on top of Petty Jean Mountain and it rises about a thousand feet above the Arkansas River Valley and the Petty Jean River Valley. Like the Petty Jean and the Arkansas converge just to the, I believe, I'm not going to say because I don't have the topo map right in front of me, but they converge right by the mountain. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and it does, it just kind of juts up out of the landscape, comes up out of the river valley and rises about a thousand feet. So it's got a very tabletop plateau-like top to it, um, which is awesome for us because that's where most of the awesomeness exists on Petty Jean Mountain. And it's not real big. y'all. It's like five miles, you know, in length. It's not very wide. Like it's, it's just kind of almost like a little Mesa type of structure that pops up out of the river valley. Um, it was, it is so awesome up there that at one time it was put forth as a national park before it came a state park. It was put forth as a national park. And the only reason it didn't approve win approval as a national park, it, Basically, the the gentleman that was that was handling this whole situation told the people who were the proponents of making it a national park. Essentially, there's just not quite enough here, guys. It's not a big enough site for us to really consider a national park. But I suggest you put it forth to the Arkansas legislature as a state park, which they did and were promptly voted as a state park, um, with no dissenting votes. It was a unanimous decision. It's a very, very beautiful place. Um, as we're going to find out, as I describe the mountain to you in further detail, um, it was improved during the depression era by the civilian conservation Corps, the CCC. We have discussed the CCC pre previously, and we may, like I said, if, if that one, that's another episode idea that I'm going to say is simmering on the back burner, because if I ever find the right angle, there's more than enough 
content to make an episode about the Civilian Conservation Corps because any of you that are outdoors persons at all, you have run across and enjoyed the benefits of the work of the CCC at some point. All over this stinking country, the Civilian Conservation Corps made incredible lakes and lodges and hiking trails and bridges like so many of the places that we all love to go. And a lot of them end up being state parks um, and in-state parks. The CCC did some amazing stuff and they did a lot of great work on Betty Jean Mountain. They actually built the Mather Lodge when, to my understanding, it is the only lodge in Arkansas that was built by the CCC, at least still standing. Um, and Mather Lodge is awesome. We're going to talk about that a little bit later too. Mather Lodge is a really neat place, but what is the story? Why is it called Petty Jean? Like any of you out there? Well, if you saw the episode title, you saw P E T I T J E A N. And you're probably thinking, yo, that's French, bro. That's not Jean. And it's not Petty. I get it. It sounds like the colloquial way of pronouncing it here is P E T T Y J, you know, G E N E Petty Jean. That's how people pronounce it. But yes, you're correct. It is French and it is more properly pronounced as Petit Jean. And um, yeah, that's just how we do things in the South. Well, I say that. Y'all remember, we talked about St. Louis. It's the Midwest and they don't pronounce any of their French names right either. So it's not just here. That's just, you know, it's just a thing. But it is named Petit Jean. And you're like, why is there a French name of a place in Arkansas? Well, we had French explorers as well as Spanish explorers, as a matter of fact, that came through Arkansas and the Oklahoma area, you know, all the South um, back in the 15 and 1600s. Absolutely. Um, but this one in particular, nobody is certain why it's named Petit Jean. However, there is a very romantic story of how it gained that name, that moniker. And I'm going to read you that story, but then I'm also going to tell you two alternate versions of how it possibly got that name. And we'll leave it to you to decide what you think is the most likely way that it got its name. But here is, for your listening enjoyment, the legend of Petit Jean. In the 1700s, a young French nobleman, Chavez, who lived during the period of the French exploration of the New World, requested permission to explore a part of the Louisiana Territory and for a grant to claim a part of the land. The king granted Chavez's request. Chavez was engaged to be married to a beautiful young girl from Paris, Adrien Dumont. When told of his plans, she asked that they be married right away so she could accompany him. Thinking of the hardships and the dangers on the journey, Chavez refused her request, telling her upon his return if the country was good and safe, they would be married and go to the new world. Adrian refused to accept his answer and disguised herself as a cabin boy and applied to the captain of Chavez's ship for a position as a cabin boy, calling herself Jean. The girl must have been incredibly clever in her disguise, for it is said that not even Chavez recognized her. The sailors called her Petit Jean, which is French for Little John. Obviously, she was quite petite for a boy at the time. The ocean was crossed in early spring. The vessel ascended the Mississippi River to the Arkansas River and to the foot of the mountain. The natives on the mountain came to the river and greeted Chavez and invited the sailors to spend time on the mountain. Chavez, Petit Jean, and the sailors spent the summer atop Petit Jean Mountain until fall approached and they began preparations for their voyage back to France. The ship was readied and boarded the evening before departure. That night, Petit Jean became ill with a sickness that was strange to Chavez and his sailors. 
It was marked with fever, convulsions, delirium, and finally, coma. Her condition was so grave at daylight that the departure was delayed. During the illness, Petitjean's identity was, of course, discovered. The girl confessed her deception to Chavez and begged his forgiveness. She requested that, if she died, to be carried back to the mountaintop that she had spent her last days on and be buried at a spot overlooking the river below. The Indians made a stretcher out of deerskins and bore her up the mountain, and at sundown, she died. Many years later, a low mound of earth was found at the point we now call Petitjean's grave. Her death and the legend that followed is said to give the mountain and the overlook an enchanting quality that draws visitors back again and again. That is the story of how Petit Jean Mountain, Petit Jean Mountain, got its name. Now, is there any truth to that? Who knows? What I can tell you is, according to the rangers at the site, that the point that is called a Petit Jean's grave indeed has no human remains within it. I do not know of what nature it was explored. I do not know if it was an excavation or a GPR situation, but I was informed the last time I was there, before I took my child anyway, the last time I was there by myself, that that grave, or what was purported to be a grave, does indeed contain no human remains whatsoever. Um, Now, there are two other possible ways that this mountain got its name, and I'm going to tell you both of them, because this to me, I'm an anthropologist. It's my podcast. I'm going to tell you. I don't care if you like it. There are two other ways that it possibly got its name. In 1819, Thomas Nuttall, which was a biologist, he made this huge trip across the country and he wrote all his things. There's a whole book that I have on my shelf right now where he just made his way across Arkansas. It's a fascinating book. It's a great book. He was a biologist. He was exceedingly accurate and, and particular about his details and everything he recorded. He went through, came through in 1819. And then there was Henry Dawes, the government surveyor, and then also the Arkansas Gazette in 1821, all listed it as Petit, P-E-T-I-T-J-O-H-N, Petit John, John. Okay, that lends itself to a certain idea, doesn't it? Clearly how it was pronounced in the 1820s, was Petit Jean, the J, the hard, yeah. So, we know how the pronunciation should have been. Now, it also could be Petit Jean, which is J-A-U-N-E, and that means little yellow. Petit Jean, J-E-A-N, means little John. Petit Jean, J-A-U-N-E, means little yellow. Well, there is an 1818 Quapaw Treaty map where the river was called the Little Yellow. Now, that being the Petit Jean River. Okay, it is yellow. When it's muddy and rainy, it's very yellow. I've seen it many times because my old delivery route for FedEx used to cross it about 100 times a day. So what we have here is two alternate possibilities for the name, or a, no, it's actually a single. Yes, I'm sorry. A single alternate possibility for the naming of the river, thus the naming of the mountain, is it could have been French from the early French traders and trappers and explorers that came through the area. They may have named it the Little Yellow, Petit Jean, which got transliterated to Petit Jean, and then Petit Jean, and then it just became Petit Jean when they got the spelling correct. But point is, the two possibilities are the romantic version of the forbidden love taken across the sea, dressed as a man in disguise to be with her lover, or something very practical like that river is yellow and it is small. We shall call it 
the little yellow. You be the judge. One of them seems more likely to me. One of them is more romantic. It's up to you. Anyway, those are two possibilities for the naming of Petit Jean. And now you know why there are French names scattered all across Arkansas and Oklahoma as well. Um, gosh, in Oklahoma, nobody, people from out of town, they never figure out how to spell Poto. We got Sand Boys Mountains, y'all. No, it's Sans Bois, which means no trees. We got a bunch of French names in Oklahoma. Bunch of French names in Arkansas. Now you know why. So anyway, hiking is the main thing that you are going to do at Petty Jean Mountain. There are a lot of things up there. Y'all, like I said, there's the Mountain Lodge or the Mather Lodge and all those things. But hiking is going to be your number one probably priority there because that is the most of what is available. And it has some amazing trails with some amazing sights to behold. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to just tell you the main trails. I'm going to actually use the Petty Jean State Park trail map. And I'm going to read to you the state's descriptions of the trails. And I'll give you you know, whatever background I can from whenever I have hiked them and kind of just give you an idea of what kind of hiking you can expect when you go to Petty Jean. That's what a lot of people do. Um, the first one listed here is the Cedar Falls Trail. That is the one I took my child and basically, you know, tortured all the way down and back with some cold wind and heavy rain. Um, it's only a two mile hike, but it does is kind of listed as two hours. It's listed as difficulty strenuous. And yes, there's a good stretch of it that I would call strenuous. And, and there's not a lot of, well, it's, it's a really well taken care of trail as far as it's well beaten, it's well marked, but it's not like a gravel path all the way down y'all. Like there's a little bit of scrambling, almost scrambling. Let's call it almost scrambling. You know, they've, they've cut steps into rock. They've kind of worked rocks into place to make steps in places, but there's some places that you're kind of sort of climbing, you know, up and down. When I say climbing, gosh, that's, that's a little bit overblown. I'll put it to you this way. If you have small children, keep a very close eye on them. And if you have limited mobility, you might not try it. Okay, because there's some places that might be really, really tough for you to navigate if you have limited mobility in your legs, your hips, anything like that. There's some fairly tough places, but for the normal average adult, healthy adult, totally doable, but it'll, it'll put, the, it'll wind you like it'll wind you coming back out. It's a pretty good, pretty good ascension to come out of that mountain. It's a pretty good climb. So here is the description of the Cedar Falls Trail, according to the Arkansas State Parks. The most popular hiking trail at Petit Jean descends deep into Cedar Creek Canyon. Only those in good shape should attempt this hike. Wear shoes or boots which provide ankle support and a firm grip. The first half mile descends more than 200 feet down steps cut from rock by the Civilian Conservation Corps more than 60 years ago. The trail follows beautiful Cedar Creek another half mile to the climax of the hike, Cedar Falls one of the state's most spectacular sites. Cedar Falls cascades more than 90 feet to the canyon floor. Cedar Creek Canyon was added to the Register of Arkansas Natural Areas in 1977. So here we have the state park saying 90 feet. Um, on the web, you will find places that say 70 feet. So I couldn't tell you because I didn't pull out a topo map to decide for myself because I don't really care. It doesn't matter. It's a spectacular waterfall. It is awesome to look at. And if you catch it late in the day, you will get shadows coming across that, and especially a cloudy day, of course, for long exposure. But if it's not cloudy, if you'll go late enough in the day or early in the morning, you can absolutely catch some awesome long exposure, especially when it's running really well. That dude roars. It's big. It's wide coming off that 90 or 70 foot drop, and it is a sight to behold. And that said, I mean, Cedar Creek itself, the hike down 
is awesome. But hiking along Cedar Creek is also super awesome. Cedar Creek Trail itself goes alongside the creek, the water, and all the pools. There's giant, like, freaking house-sized boulders in some places that have fallen from the mountain above and are out in the middle of the creek or on the sides, and you're hiking around them. It's a really, really awesome hike, and it's a good exercise. Like I said, you need to be in pretty decent condition. This actually backed up what I was kind of organically telling you based on my experience. If you have limited mobility, you're going to have a tough time. If you have small children, just be very, very careful and keep your eye on them. And, you know, other than that, it's gravy. You can make it, and it's totally worth the hike. And I suggest going early in the morning, as with most places in Arkansas, because it gets really busy. The later you get into the the morning into the afternoon, it gets so busy that you might not get a single picture that doesn't have a human being somewhere in it. You know, they get all crawling around up underneath the waterfall and all around it. People be wading out in the water, though I don't think they're supposed to. Um, it, it becomes a whole thing. One of the times I was down there, it was just literally people everywhere and it was nearly impossible to get a good picture. So if you want good pictures or you want the solitude, go, go early in the morning, late in the day, there'll still be a lot of people down there, though. It will start to thin out because people start thinking, I don't want to hike in the dark. The longer you stay, the less people will be there. The earlier you go, the again, less number of people that will be there to get in your way. But anyway, awesome trail altogether. Now, let's talk about the Seven Hollows Trail. The Seven Hollows Trail is a big one, okay? There's a lot to the Seven Hollows Trail. It's not really super, super long, so to speak, but you see a lot on this trail. There are plenty of places to explore. You can spend all afternoon. You can spend the better part of your day out there. If you're really into photography, really into exploring, there's a lot to see. So, according to Arkansas State Park, Seven Hollows Trails, length is four and one-half miles. Takes, according to them, four hours to complete. To Natural Bridge, it is only 1.3 miles. To the Grotto, it is only two and a quarter miles. Because, see, there's some some, uh, destinations along this that you could just go in and out to, and it'd make it for a shorter hike for you. Um, Let's see. Trail difficulty is moderate to strenuous, and it can be that. Now, See some of the most diverse lands of Petty Jean State Park. Explore lush moss and fern understory of the hardwood forest. Immense rock formations created by centuries of erosion. Large rock glades in the starkness of the rock fields supporting near-desert-like conditions. Track your progress on this four-and-a-half-mile trek by using this trail map. Markers can be seen about every half mile. Markers start with an A and go alphabetically to J. Some of these markers are special places to take note of while hiking on this rugged trail through through four of the seven hollows. Marker C sets at the foot of the natural bridge. Two and a half miles into the trail, you'll find marker F where you can take a short side trail to see the grotto. The last marker, J, is where the wild hog crossing intersects with the trail. Allow plenty of time for this hike as there is much to see and explore. Yes, there is, y'all. Yes, there is. Most notable, three things that I will point out to me from having hiked it several times. The most notable things I can say are this. The grotto, to me, is one of the best, most worthy things to go down there and see because a grotto is a grotto is a grotto, right? You ever seen a grotto? You ever been to Pam's Grotto? You Arkansas, my fellow Arkansans out there, you've been to Pam's Grotto, right? Amazing, right? Well, the grotto on the Seven Hollows Trail is a very, very neat hollow to explore. Um, or not hollow, grotto 
to explore. It is a really, really cool place. It's gorgeous. It is great for photos. It's just a little hike off the trail, just a little sidetrack, and you need to go explore that. If you live in my state and you've not been to see the grotto on the Seven Hollows Trail, you, 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 you need to. You're missing out. Don't, don't skip it when you go hike down here. Don't just skip across it. The other is the Natural Bridge, which is just a big rock arch, and it is an impressive one. It's hard to get a good, clear picture of it. I have one that I'm pretty happy with, but it's hard to get a good, clear picture of it because, number one, there are a lot of trees that grow all around it. You know, it's not like out in Arches National Park or the Desert Southwest where you just got, you know, nothing on the landscape and then these awesome arches. This one is kind of tucked up in there. It's in a mountain, in a hollow, as we like to call them in Arkansas, or a draw in other places, or a canyon in other places. Um, It's kind of tucked up in there. There are trees all around it. There are a few angles that you can get a fairly clear picture of it. Um, But there's that to consider and also people because it is you can come in from one way and it's a pretty quick hike in and out and it's very popular because it's a big stone arch. Um, Very cool to see, though, something that you need to go check out. The other thing, the third thing I'm going to say about this trail is just the trail itself overall. You traverse multiple landscapes in this short four and a half miles, right? Four and one half miles, four hours. There are multiple landscapes in here. It mentioned arid-like conditions, almost desert-like conditions in one place. In another place, you feel like you're kind of almost, almost up in the Colorado, in Colorado in the Rockies in certain places at low elevations with the way the pine trees are growing. In other places, you're walking along bluff edges with all these really awesome rock formations looking down into the valley below, into the hollow below. Do the whole hike and enjoy the whole hike because you're going to see multiple sort of environments, almost tiny sub ecosystems within this one, four and a half mile hike. So much to see down the seven hollows trail, y'all so much to see. Um, and it's a gorgeous hike. I've got a bunch of pictures. I've got a whole portfolio of pictures just out of the seven hollows trail. Like there's just multiple things. There's multiple photographic opportunities. It's a great hike. One not to miss. If you go to Petty Jean, Cedar Creek Trail that we or Cedar Falls Trail that we just mentioned in the Seven Hollows, those two top of the list. No matter what, make sure you make those two hikes if you come down here to Arkansas and you come to Petty Jean. Make those two for sure. Now the Cedar Creek Trail. This trail winds along a scenic section of Cedar Creek above Cedar Falls. It's constructed by the Civilian Conservation Corps in the early 1930s, and this trail's rock steps and bluffs create a few difficult hiking spots. The Rocky Mountain Stream. High bluffs and thick vegetation make Cedar Creek Trail perfect for experiencing local bird and plant life. It's just a mile and a quarter, and it's just a pretty neat little trail. It's a nice, simple, little, moderate difficulty trail. Um, and, and it's pretty. Like the CCC, all the rock work the CCC did, um, it's a fun little trail to do. And it's a great trail if you are of, say, more limited mobility. It is a moderately strenuous, but it's a shorter trail, a much shorter trail. You can really take your time, see some of the natural beauty on top of Petty Jean Mountain, but not be so far down the mountain and 200 feet below where you started. It's it's not that terrible of a trail, something that's really well suited to take the kids on. And if you have more limited mobility. Now, let's talk about the Canyon Trail. This one is a length of one mile. And it is two miles if you're backtracking to Cedar Falls Trail. This is down at the bottom of the Cedar Falls Trail once you cross the bridge and it splits and goes the opposite direction. So, 
After crossing the bridge on the Cedar Falls Trail, turn left, west, and begin this beautiful hike into Cedar Creek Canyon. The trail follows Cedar Creek's many small, splashing waterfalls and deep emerald pools. Boxcar-sized boulders have tumbled downhill and partially blocked the creek's path in some places. You pass huge, mature sycamore and pine trees. This canyon trail joins the Boy Scout Trail near a long pool named Blue Hole. From the trail's end, you may backtrack to Cedar Falls Trail. Please note that you must travel a half mile to get to the canyon trail. So for a, a there and back trip between Blue Hole and Mather Lodge, add one mile. To loop back to Mather Lodge on the Boy Scout Trail via the Seven Hollows Trail and Bear Cave Trail, add two plus miles. If you take the canyon trail, you have some options that you can work to get back to other places that you would like to see. That's something for you to research yourself because that would be complicated to explain in podcast format without graphics. So I just suggest you look into that. But Cedar Creek Canyon Trail, the Canyon Trail is beautiful. And it does. It connects to, what did we say here? I don't want to say that wrong. I've done this before, but you start talking on a podcast, y'all. And you start putting all the facts and things out there and they get all jumbled in your mind. I say things wrong all the time. And you guys never hesitate to let me know about it, by the way. Um... But yeah, you can use the trail between Blue Hole and Mather Lodge. You can loop back on the Boy Scout Trail via the Seven Hollows Trail and the Bear Cave Trail. So like there's multiple options here. So look into that for yourself. Now, the Winthrop P. Rockefeller Boy Scout Trail. This is a biggie. It's 12 miles. It's eight hours. It's moderate to strenuous. And um, it's all there, y'all. Let me just tell you from experience. It's all there. It's a lot of miles. That's the biggest thing is it's a lot of miles and it can be quite strenuous in places, but we'll just let the state tell you about it. The Winthrop P. Rockefeller Boy Scout Trail touches and connects all of the trails previously discussed and follows large portions of some of them. On this trail pass through many of the diverse plant and animal habitats of Pettyjean Mountain from the lush vegetation of Cedar Creek Canyon to the desert-like conditions of Seven Hollows. All are represented on this trail. The trail is long and difficult. Be sure you are prepared with food, water, appropriate shoes and clothing, and first aid. Start this hike in the early morning so you can safely enjoy this all-day walk. Please sign in at the visitor center before making this hike. Important point there. Please sign in at the visitor center before making this hike. They want to know you're down there. You guys, we've talked about this before in all the different search and rescue episodes. I don't know how many times it's come up. Make sure people know where you are and when you intend to return. It's a long enough hike, y'all, and it can get hot up on those mountains. Especially in the summer, and you get on some of those granite bluff faces and limestone faces where they're absorbing all that heat and it's reflecting it back on you. Y'all, up in the mountains, it can get pretty darn hot, okay? So they're just being overly cautious. Make sure and sign in before you make the hike. It is a beautiful hike, by the way. Like it says, it, it covers, you use the trails of some of the other trails that I've already described, but if you put it all together into this huge loop, it is a 12-mile hike, which they say allocate eight hours for, and it's all there. It's a great hike, though, y'all. I totally recommend doing it. I've done it before, and perhaps someday I shall do it again, and I highly recommend it. Petty Jean Mountain is just a beautiful, beautiful ecosystem. It is a beautiful landscape, and the more you time you can spend in it, the more you can truly appreciate it. It really is an awesome place. Now, let's talk about the Rock House Cave Trail. It's only a quarter of a mile, half hour already described it in the first half of the episode, so I'm not going to do it again. But it's got the turtle rocks, which are absolutely amazing. It's got the pictographs, the Native American art, and it is a super duper easy, easy, easy hike. 
everyone should do it. And what I'm going to do here, instead of describing it to you again, I'm going to tell you just a really quick story that had something of an impact on me, something of, I don't want to go full on profound, but at the time it was pretty profound. Some three years ago, when I was at Petty Jean, this was in the early days, the first year or two after my divorce, where I was still really in some horrible times and some horrible places, struggling through all that ugly stuff, right? And I went down to Petty Jean and I spent the weekend there in my little one man Eureka solitaire tent because I got up there late, right? And uh, all the good camp spots were taken. So I had to go in the overflow and I couldn't use my hammock because there's no trees in the overflow, right? So I go down there and I stay and I'm just doing all the things exploring. So I go down, I check out the Rock House Cave Trail. I bantered back and forth with the archaeologists that were on staff that were down there that day. We talked about the era. We talked about the culture, who made these, this, that, whatnot. And so after we finish the hike, I go up and I'm sitting in the back of my Xterra, God rest her soul. And I was eating my lunch and just kind of chilling in the sunlight and just having a nice little break. And here comes an older lady and, and she was larger and she was struggling along with her husband, who was also much older. Like as we're talking into the, the late sixties here, I think she told me she was 67, if I recall correctly. And so we just started talking cause they needed to stop for a second and breathe. And I was sitting there eating my lunch. I offered them some food, some to drink, whatever. And we just started talking, come to find out they're from Minnesota. And she started telling me that just three weeks before she had been recovering from a total hip replacement. Okay. Just three weeks before she was still recovering from a total hip replacement. And the reason they were in Arkansas is because she had decided when she was having that hip replacement and in her recovery time, which had just been a few weeks before that, like, I mean, God, she had hip replacement surgery. Like I want to say it was three weeks before I met her, but that seems unbelievable to me now, three years later. And I don't remember her exact words. That's what I remember, but I don't, it's hard for me to believe, but I remember at the time my jaw hit the freaking asphalt in the parking lot, the gravel in the parking lot. I was like, how long ago you had a total hip replacement and you just hiked down there and back again, easy hike, but y'all there's still elevation. It's still an elevation gain. It's still not like, a, I mean, just, can you imagine walking after three weeks after a total hip replacement? Anyway, three weeks from some time had just been a hip replacement and she was there way too soon in my humble opinion. And I was like, holy cow. So what are you guys doing? And she was like, I decided after that, that I'd spent too many years dying and I don't want to die without having lived. And so we left Minnesota a couple of weeks ago and I'm hiking my way through this country. And that is exactly what she was doing. They were traveling from place to place to place and seeing these great United States of ours, this wonderful continent that we live on, North America, really, truly is a vast, expansive, amazing place. And she was hiking anywhere and everywhere she could find a hike to build herself back up after a hip replacement surgery. Okay. Y'all, I could have a paper cut and maybe not feel like going on a hike someday. This woman had a hip replacement surgery and was like, that's it. You, that y'all had a profound impact on me especially in my journey to make this podcast. That's a true statement because I was like struggling with, I knew I wanted to do a thing, but I couldn't quite decide how I didn't know the angle and what I was going to do. 
But that was one of those moments that was one of those kind of stepping stones, one of those kicks in the ass that I needed. One of those little fires lit, you know, match lit and drop down my basketball shorts. And I was like, oh my God, she is speaking truth. That is facts. Those are facts right there. That woman just dropped knowledge on me. She decided she didn't want to die as she lived. And she just put it to task and she's going to change it. Somebody hiking on a totally replaced hip three to say six weeks after it was replaced. That's mind blowing. And that right there is determination. That is something that just profoundly affected me. And it was important in motivating me to do these little sissy weasel things that I was putting off for whatever reason I was sitting around whining, not wanting to do it. And I want to tell you that story because I just wanted to remind you sometimes it could be way worse. And sometimes maybe it takes way worse to motivate us to get out there and do the things we want to do to maybe wake us up to the realities of what life is and how fast it goes and uh, just decide that we don't want to regret things when it finally comes time to say bye-bye. So anyway, I just thought that was a profound story and I wanted to share it with you. But let's let's move on because there's only two more trails to talk about here and I will tell you about the other amenities of the park in a pretty quick fashion and we'll wrap up tonight's show. The Bear Cave Trail is a quarter mile. It's a half hour walk and it's an easy trail. You can visit Bear Cave, walk under, around, and through and over with care, gigantic rocks. Although there is no true cave, the huge rocks form a number of rock shelters and narrow passageways. According to legend, the last bear killed on Pettigean Mountain was in this area. The Cathedral of Rock running down the center of the trail loop is believed to have been cut by Cedar Creek long, long ago. The passageway is called the Eye of the Needle. When you wander through these fragile sandstone monoliths and imagine the tremendous forces of wind and water that caused what you see today. A lot of awesome geology to see on the Bear Cave Trail. You should go check it out. And the park interpreters will tell you the story of the Bear Cave Trail. You just kind of have to keep an eye out for when they're going to do an interpretive hike. It's gorgeous. Great photographic opportunity. Super easy hike. A great one for the kids. A great one for those with um, mobility issues. And just so you know, because some of you, many of you have heard of the Eye of the Needle in the Ozarks. This is not that Eye of the Needle. Okay, the Eye of the Needle that's super famous in the Ozarks, like don't come to Petty Jean thinking you're going to see that Eye of the Needle because it ain't it. It ain't it. The one that's so famous is a much tougher hike to get to, I assure you. Um, This one is just, again, a, a small passageway that they all get named the Eye of the Needle, right? Okay, final trail. CCC hike and bike trail, length one and three quarters miles, difficulty easy. This is an asphalt paved trail connecting Mather Lodge to the park campgrounds. It's named in honor of the Civilian Conservation Corps who constructed Mather Lodge and other structures that the trail passes. The winding trail offers access to Cedar Falls Overlook, the Cedar Creek Trailhead, and the Pioneer Cabin, the park swimming pool, tennis courts, and the visitor center. This trail offers a safe and scenic alternative to traveling along Highway 154 while walking or cycling. Notice or notes this trail allows e-bikes, but no other motorized vehicles. Trail motto: Use good trail manners. Okay, so that's just basically a trail that is paved that connects all the fun things that are on top of the mountain that are not the hikes. You heard it mentioned. There are swimming pools. There are tennis courts. There is the visitor center. Is really cool. Let's talk about Mather Lodge real quick. Mather Lodge is beautiful. Okay. They make awesome food in the restaurant there. Like, I mean, you can get a really good, really good dinner at Mather Lodge. And if you sit on the western face of Mather Lodge in the dining area, looking out the window toward the sunset, 
You shall not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. When I was there, and plus Mather Lodge itself, it's just beautiful, okay? It's just this old stonework. It's the CCC, right? It's old stonework lodge. It is absolutely gorgeous structure. It is super, I've never stayed there in the lodge portion, but I've been in there. I've eaten dinner in the restaurant. Gorgeous place. Absolutely historically significant. Really cool to check out. An awesome place to eat dinner and watch the sunset. When I was there, I took some pictures of the sunset from outside Mather Lodge right there, looking down the valley that runs off to the east. It's a perfect, perfect overlook to watch the sunset. And I got a couple of sunset photos that were so good that they made the front page of the Arkansas State Parks website the very next day. Um, And the next morning, as a matter of fact, after I had dinner there, I went back and I stayed in my tent in the little campground, my little overflow area. I went up first thing in the morning to the east end of the mountain to the sunrise overlook. Just FYI, you guys will get one of the best pictures of a sunrise you will ever get anywhere is on the overlook at the end of Petty Jean Mountain looking east. The Arkansas River snakes by in a serpentine manner below you. The fields and the valleys stretch off into the distance and the sun rises and it is just an absolutely magical picture to take if there are no clouds in the sky. That picture, along with my picture of Cedar Falls, um, long exposure that day from that trip also made the front page of the state parks website. So there is awesome opportunities for photography up there on the mountain. You got sunrises, you got sunsets, you got multiple waterfalls, you have a grotto, you've got multiple little sub ecosystems from arid desert like conditions all the way down to the gorgeous Cedar Creek flowing through the valley. Photography is awesome. And also camping can be really awesome. They've got some really, really cool camping sites up there, guys. Just don't do like I did and go by the seat of your pants at the last minute. Make sure and reserve a spot ahead of time, especially if you're like me and love to hammock camp. If you want to get a place with trees where you can hang your hammock or you just want to get a place with trees because trees are awesome and everyone loves trees, right? The overflow area was not so hot, okay? But it served my purposes while I was there. It got me out, got me down there. It was great. But anyway... Y'all really, um, there's probably a few things I missed here and there, but I think I had all the high points of Petty Jean State Park right here in Arkansas. It is one of my most favorite Arkansas state parks. It really is. Y'all, it's got a lot going on. And you just heard about really most of the high points. And you heard about what brought it up for tonight and a story that I was happy to be able to tell because it just made my little daddy heart happy to finally find something to motivate my child. And, and get her adventurous, imaginative juices flowing and want to get her out there to explore. And it was so much fun. It was great. If you guys love history, if you guys love just being out in nature, and like I said, photography, there's birding, there's all kinds of wildlife on the mountain. Petty Jean State Park is a great adventure, a weekend adventure, even a long weekend adventure. Something you guys out there should all check out. But let's go ahead and wrap up tonight's episode. Um, If you guys are enjoying the show, if you've enjoyed the past shows, please, please, please go to your podcast player of choice, wherever you are listening to this, and rate, review, and subscribe. If you would do all three of those things, you would help us such a great deal, especially those ratings and reviews. Um, And share us in your Facebook groups. If you hear an episode that you just really, really like and you're like, yo... 
I love Buffalo River. I got this cool Buffalo River page. Or I'm down on Caddo Lake. I mean, these people will love hearing this guy talk about his experience down here. Please, please share it in there. You can share it in podcast format. You can share it in YouTube format. This drops in both places. You guys help me out significantly when you do that. And every time you do, I am so appreciative and I send vibes out into the universe for whoever the heck you are that, you know, thanks. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I almost missed it. If you want to get in touch with me, mywaywardstory at gmail.com or go to the website, waywardstories.com. And you can get access to anything and everything that we ever have gone going on over there. And you can contact me through that website as well. Well, let's not belabor this any further. Let's wrap it up and get us on down the road for a couple of weeks until we meet again. Until we do, you guys get out there, find something fun to do with yourselves, and don't forget to be good to each other.